Welcome to Raiders on the Record, the podcast featuring Hastings High School Athletics. I'm Athletic Director Trent Hansen. My colleague Tim Hanneberg and I work together to bring you the stories of Raiders sports. We are thrilled to share conversations with the athletes, coaches, and alumni that represent Raider Nation. Check back weekly and be sure to share this podcast with your friends in the Raiders Network. Danny Welch is a 1999 Raider graduate. During high school, he was a three-sport athlete competing in football, hockey, and baseball. In football, he was a three-year varsity letter winner while earning all-conference and all-state accolades while leading the team to the state tournament during his junior year. In hockey, Danny was his three-year varsity letter winner, again earning all-conference and all-state honors while leading the team to the state tournament during his junior and senior years. In his junior year, the hockey team won the consolation bracket and took second during his senior year. Danny was also named Metro Player of the Year and runner-up for Minnesota Mr. Hockey during his senior year. In baseball, he's a three-year varsity letter winner and led the team to a state title during his senior year. After high school, Danny attended the University of Minnesota where he played hockey as well. During his sophomore year, the Gophers won the national championship. Danny also played for a UHL team based in Omaha, Nebraska, the LA Kings AHL team, and professionally for a variety of teams throughout Europe. Throughout the interview, Danny talks about the coaches and teammates he had throughout his playing career and credits them for a large amount of the success he had. Here we are with Danny Welch. Danny, we always start at the beginning of someone's life, so let's hear about your life growing up. Did you always live in Hastings? Did you guys eventually move to Hastings? Is your mom and dad from Hastings? Uh, brothers, sisters, and let's once again hear about your mom and dad and your life growing up here. Um, I was the only one in my family not born in Hastings. My dad was playing hockey at Michigan State. Um, Russ Welch, as you probably know, um, his last semester, or not, he had to do a fifth year to finish up his teaching degree. And I was born in Sparrow Hospital in Lansing, Michigan. I think by the time I might have spent six months in Lansing before they moved back to Minnesota, Hastings specifically. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm the only one in my family not born in Hastings. Sweet. Actually, my dad was born in St. Paul. So, but yeah, everybody's been from Hastings for the most part. Yeah. What about brothers, sisters, anything like that that you want to kind of give us about your family growing up? Uh, yeah, I'm the oldest. Uh, I have a brother who is the youngest, uh, sister right in the middle, Katie. Katie played softball volleyball basketball big into sports it was part of her life joe played football baseball hockey same thing played uh, college he played football and and hockey at Davis went to a national tournament in hockey was an all-american in football so yeah it was, it was a good crew of people perfect we also like to hear about the schools people attended growing up here in hastings i know <laughs> this is a long time ago if you can think about the schools you went to, that's great. And if you can think about any teachers that had a really big impact on you at each of those schools, once again, I know uh, that was a long time ago, but no, something hey, something so it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was a St. Louis Van Seton kid. Um, the first big teacher that made an impact on my life was uh, Mrs. Eichen. She was my fifth grade teacher, really understood me. Um, the other teachers, um, Cindy Benson was a big one. I had her. I, for I think two or three years in high school, different classes I, I, I passed. But, and then I really had, um, it must've been it was eighth grade or seventh grade. They did a, 
you were with a different history teacher for a third of the year, um, Snowback, uh, Pete Zach, who married his daughter. So I had both of them that year and Spencer Johnson, all I had for history. That was probably the, the ones that I remember specifically. Oh, that's great. Next thing we always like to hear about is the sports you played growing up. I typically like to stop people around seventh grade. seems like when more of our people get a little more serious about sports and definitely get brought up to a JV or varsity level. So let's hear about the sports you played growing up. Um, I think I, I would guess either soccer or baseball was, was the, well, hockey is probably in there too. I remember soccer being the first like organized one. I don't know why. Um, but I think I played like football in the fall, hockey in the winter, I think soccer was in the spring and then baseball was in the summer. Um, I did that at least, gosh, I think I played soccer till fifth grade and I also danced. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. So the next thing starting in seventh grade, I think it always makes the most sense. It works out the best. If we start in seventh grade fall, we just kind of work our way through seventh grade fall, seventh grade winter, seventh grade uh, spring. Uh, We'd like to hear about the sports you played especially any accomplishments that go along with those sports. So um, if you started at a varsity level, kind of what grade, um, any team accomplishments, if your team um, won the section, made to the state tournament, uh, placed to the state tournament, and then anything individually for you, you as well, if you can remember that as well, any all-conference, um, any all-state things, um, anything like that that goes along with your kind of 7th through 12th high school career. Yeah, so I, and I, I apologize, but I'll start in 6th grade. I had, it was the first time Little Raiders was okay. uh, put into play. Um, and so actually I was too heavy. I had a, I had a red X on my helmet. Um, I almost quit football right there. And then it was devastating. I got like, I played center just so I could touch the ball. Um, and so seventh grade was a big year for me because, you know, obviously they switch it out to heavyweights and lightweights and I got to be a running back and that was my fall. That was my fall sport was football. And I, I, I hit the ground running, you know, no pun intended, um, had, had big years, um that year seventh grade would have been so it would have been eight peewees so we were good that's when we were kind of coming really into our own as a program um in our group of kids um it was when i kind of started making all-star teams so to speak um started kind of separating myself from the pack um and baseball baseball was kind of at that time just i probably would have played the cross to be honest with you mm-hmm. um and i even i think I think in eighth grade, I won the hundred meter track. Uh, and I only ran one race the whole year. Pete Zach got me to run. <laughs> so I won the conference in middle school for eighth grade um, track. But I just did ba- baseball kind of because that's what my buddies did. You know, I was sort of good at it. Um, and we j- I just kind of kept on that path. So like that was seventh grade, eighth grade. I-, I talked about track, but I guess I forgot I did track even now that you say it. Um <laughs> Football, again, was the same thing. Um, we were really good. Um, I don't think in league play in hockey or football, we lost a game. And that goes all the way through to my senior year. We didn't lose a league game. If we were the oldest group, in hockey, we never lost one. Um, so eighth grade was a big thing. Um, we, we ran through everything. Baseball, we're, we're starting to get better. Um our baseball abilities are starting to catch up with our athletic abilities. And Chuck Tafe, uh, Jeff Tafe's dad, like he took us out on Saturday mornings with a pitching machine and we just played and we just started to get there. I mean, we knew the first and third plays by the time he, he coached us all the way up. So that was a big deal. 
going to high school, um, not much changes for me in ninth grade, I don't think. Um, in football, we had another big season. I was the kind of the guy. I was the running back. Um, hockey, the, there was a bit of a, a debate at the time. Um, Jeff Tafe, who will probably get into a lot more in moving forward, but um, we, we could have played on that team um, and probably been on the first line. That's a very arrogant thing to say. Um, my dad made the wide deci- wise decision along with Chuck Tafe, Jeff's dad, saying, we're, Danny and Jeff might get us a win or two this year. Let's let them go play with their buddies, learn how to win, um, play 65 games or whatever we played. Um, and that's what we did. And my, what, what was really nice is we got to practice with the varsity. My dad, I, I didn't feel like it was that much. My dad says it was a lot. Um, but we went up and practiced with them. And so we got to do that. And we had a great season. I think in Bantams, we, I don't know where we finished in state. I think, gosh, I can't remember. I know we finished second in the VFW. So there's two state tournaments. One's the VFW. One is the, uh, the Maha, the Minnesota Athletic Hockey Association. Um, so we did well there. Baseball, we were, again, starting to come into our own. We had another, we had a good year. Jeff and I um, played up in baseball. So we played VFW which would be a step up. Doc Loudon was the first time, and I've known Doc forever, um, but that was the first time he was our coach playing with Corey McKenzie, Dave Sherry. Um, I'm going to forget names as we go here, but that was kind of the first time in baseball someone somewhat recognized that I might have an ability because I never I never saw baseball as something like – I was fine at it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh trying to think. Tenth grade is when really – everything changes. Right. Um, I make the varsity. Well, <laughs> this was a good story. Um, so I, I got an opportunity. So what happens in hockey is they, they take the, the top 20 players in your region. They play in a tournament, top 20 players in your region play in the state tournament. And then you basically work your way up until you're representing your region in Minnesota. Um, at the time, actually, it was called Minnesota. We were Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota. And you go to a national tournament. Mm-hmm. And that coincided. I mean, this is the biggest deal in a hockey world for a kid this age. I mean, really, especially if you're an American. And, um, well, it coincided with the first week of football. Oh, boy. Of hell, yeah. So, I mean, the rumors were out there that I might have a chance to play varsity football as a sophomore, which... To be fair, I'm not sure how many varsity sophomore kids are playing now, but it was a very, very big deal and was important to me. And Bob Majeski kicked the crap out of me. I remember, so I missed a full week of Hell Week. And we used to do a punt drill. It was our easiest conditioning drill by far, by far. <laughs> and because you'd, you'd have like two or three punt teams, they punt it, you'd sprint the 40 yards, jog off, wait a little bit, jog back on, sprint. And we did that, except I was the only returner. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's the only time, cause at that time we only got one water break <laughs> and this was right before the water break <laughs> and I am dead and I just lay down when he blows the whistle and he, and I don't go, it's the only time in my career I did not go get water at water break. And all Bob said was, you're going to puke, you're going to puke, you're going to puke, get off my field, get off. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was an interesting year in football. Um, 
believe it or not, Bob and Jesse, and I know Bob very, very well. Obviously, he's next to our neighbor and my parents. I see, still see him a lot to this day. Um, Jake, his son, is my age. Um, but for whatever reason, they, they had a group of linemen that were studs that were going to be seniors. And um, he came out and said, this is going to be the best team Hastings has had in a long time in the Hastings paper, which was like, I mean, Bob doesn't make those types of proclamations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so we had the senior line of just, I mean, they were really good. I mean, I think Isaiah Larson would, was a wrestler, would have been yep. in that. Um, and we had Charlie Black, who was going to be a quarterback as a junior, who I think was like the first, might, might have been the first junior quarterback to like start at Hastings since like, like 15 years. And Mark Johnson, who I don't know if you know Mark at all, um, he's another guy you should talk to. He's a stud. He played receiver at South Dakota State before coming back to Augsburg. Um, he, we were the two running backs, and we were all not seniors. And they had Alex Dolman, um, Ole Arness, and Harley Pottinger, who we kind of took the place of. And the season did not go well. It really, really did not go well. Um, I think we went 500 lost mm-hmm. the Stillwater in the section. That's when Stillwater was still a monster. Um, and I remember, like, how can I put that? It was just, it was very tough for Charlie and I. And I think Charlie would agree with that. Um, I'm guessing you know Charlie pretty well, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I still remember to this day, we kind of all coincided because I went to that national tournament um, they were now going to put together a national, the national program. So they were going to take what they considered to be the 20 best players in the country and move them all to Ann Arbor, Michigan to be part of team USA. And I got the call to go to Ann Arbor about at the end of the football season. And it was going to be for the next year. It was going to be for my junior year. And I, I was, it was a tough football year. Um, I just said, dad, I'm going. And he goes, no, you're not. (laughs) I go, I'm going, I'm going. I don't want to, I don't want to play football. I don't want to do this. And Charlie Black will probably not remember this. Um, but I specifically, I don't know if he got wind of something, but I specifically, I don't know if you know what would be now the middle school when you Mm -hmm. walk down below to the locker rooms, you know what I'm talking about there. And like, so there's that, that the staircase that does like a, like a turn. Mm -hmm. Charlie was on that platform and I mean, he, I don't remember exactly what he said, but no, 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 we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. Um, and so with my dad, with, you know, a bunch of other people, I mean, I think when I told my dad, I was doing that, he said, well, you, you go tell Dustin Vogel's anger leaving. Um, so we didn't make that move. We didn't make that move. Um, and it was going to be Jeff, Ben Tharp and I all got asked to go. We all turned him down. Really? Yeah, we all turned him down. Um, and then sophomore season of hockey started, and I made the varsity. Um, Jeff and I were on the first line, first power play, and we had a bunch of great seniors. That like Jeff Oakman, I don't know if you know that name. Um, nope. Nick Harris's brother-in-law, if you know that name at all. Um, he was our left wing. I mean, he had his career year. He had a monster <laughs> year with playing with Jeff and I. We had a lot of fun. We won the conference, went undefeated in the conference. I think 
I think Oakman led the conference in scoring. I think I was second. Jeff was third. Um, ended up losing to Apple Valley in the sections. But we, we had kind of – that was the first inkling that we could be good at something, to be honest, at this level. Because being in Hastings and not being aware of, like, YouTube or Internet, like, I mean, we're doing good in our section of the world. But what does that mean against, at that time, the Blaines, the Eden Prairies, the Stillwaters mm-hmm. of the world? And so that – that was kind of our first inkling that we could be good. I, I ended up playing sophomore. I played baseball that year uh, on the varsity team. Um, rough year, rough year. Uh, we were okay. Um, I think we had three tape played on the, on the varsity team. Kerry try Wade Johnson, I believe played on the varsity team. We had a young team. Um, and it, it was kind of a changing of the guard in a sense where the, the class above us was like, legitimately athletes you know what i mean it was like not to disparage anybody that was above us but like it was a different type of athlete in my opinion um and so that summer going into the junior year we play i played legion ball um which is like playing like varsity and by the end of the year um doc loudon wanted me to play for the vfw team and we ended up winning the state championship for baseball in VFW, um, which was, uh, that was like the first time we've ever done anything in baseball. We were a nobody. We were nothing mm-hmm. better in baseball. Yeah. And I, I went, I went back to the, that summer, played baseball, went back to the under 16s. Um, again, I was named one of the top three forwards in the country. Um, at this point, probably at 15, probably after that, my first year, the college started to come into play um, where, you know, I think Jeff, Ben, and I all had free tickets to every Gopher game. Just sign in, go. Like that was our Friday night. We called it date night because we played hockey on Saturday nights. <laughs> we had curfew. Um, but junior season was the reason I will – junior and senior season, but the way junior season went, like – I mean, we won state tournaments in big sports. in in, And we didn't win a state tournament, but like – it was the first season to really put us on the map. We weren't supposed to be anything. I mean, we mm-hmm. just went from like the team that was supposed to be the best ever to, okay, we'll see what these guys can do type thing. Um, we lost our first game of the season to St. Thomas. And then we went on a tear. I mean, I think we won. I mean, we were putting up 63, nothing's 50, you know, like we were really on a tear. Um, I had a big season. Um, Charlie Black had a big season. Um, Jake Majeski had a big season. Our defense was really good. Um, I don't even know if we won the conference that year. St. Thomas might have won it. Um, we end up going to the state tournament. Because the, fir- the first game of the state tournament, it was an 18 tournament. It was, it was on site at White Bear. We won that one. Um, but man, it was a ride. I mean, we, we go to the dome, like the way Hastings reacted to it, like, I, I still like didn't see it coming. I mean, I mean, like I know Hastings is Hastings, but like that, I mean, I'd never seen Walmart selling Hastings, like with our names on it, like going Mm -hmm. to the state tournament. I mean, they were, it was, it was incredible. It was really incredible. And we were along for the ride. Like, I mean, I remember going to get like turf shoes to play in the dome. Like, what am I doing? Like, who am I? Like, this is crazy. And um, we ran into an Eden Prairie team. And I think they sacked us like the first two plays of the game. 
And we were literally on the one yard line. And the next play, we go up seven, nothing. Charlie Black throws a seam pass to Mark Johnson for a 99 yard touchdown. Yeah. And that was about the last time we were happy in that game. It was, it was really the first time in my life where I felt like outclassed on a field, like, Oh my God, this is a different monster. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big, I remember the big thing that really, that really sticks in my head was to go to the state tournament. We played Stillwater who beat us the year before who for a long time had been a mainstay as a uh, Minnesota power. So it was kind of one of those teams like you had to get bought, like you had to get over the hump to become that. And it was a, it was Halloween night. It was pouring rain. And I mean, I think, I don't know if Charlie could throw a ball more than 10 yards and opening play of the game. I went 69 yards for a touchdown and it was like, okay, here we go. It's like, this is it. We're going. Um, That was the first, that was the first time like we really said, okay, Hastings athletics might be here. You know, we didn't know if we were, we thought we were good, but we didn't know. Um, and then we took the next step, honestly, in hockey, the next, the next, um, we went, I don't even know our record. I'm trying to think. I, I don't know, but I mean, we ran through our section, mm-hmm. went to the state tournament. We were an inch away from beating the, the eventual state or tying the eventual state championship at the buzzer. Didn't go in. We win consolation. But, like, I mean, I think then I'm I'm trying to think if I was all, all – I was definitely all state in hockey my, my junior year. I don't know if I was all – I don't know what I got. I was definitely all conference in hockey uh, or base or football, I'm sorry. But I don't know if I got anything more. I might have got, like, honorable mention all state in, in football as a running back. Um, and then baseball, we went into it. And we were pretty good in baseball, but, like, the second time I have felt overwhelmed in my life was playing. And this was even more overwhelming in baseball that year. We played against Creighton who was diabolical. I mean, they were, they were just on a different, I mean, I think they had the guy that broke the, the record for the home runs they had. Uh, that wasn't even the guy who played like seven seasons in the major leagues. Um, <laughs> they had, they were just so loaded, so loaded. Um, I, I, that summer played baseball again. I th- think we were good, decent in Legion. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, football season starts now. We we know who we are. Mm-hmm. We think we have a shot at this. Um, we we had to make the change with Dustin Vogelzang as a quarterback now because Charlie had graduated. Um, like we had Adam Gerlach, I think, was playing receiver a little bit now. Mark Weber was playing receiver. I mean, we had some guys that could go up and get balls. Nate uh, Nate Otto, who came on late in the season, could go up and get balls. I mean, we had some players. Jake Majeski. Um, and what was – we had an offense that was perfect for us. We were the, – the, the running backs were fast and quick. And the linemen who – some of them, honest to God, I don't know if Jeremy Gurney broke 210 pounds but he was mean as hell and he was quick as shit, you know? And in our offense, it was built for that. And we ran basically through the conference. We did need a last second heroic play by Ben Utech, as everybody knows, um, in like the last seconds of the same, or of the Woodbury game to beat them at their house to win the conference. But I mean, we were as confident as could be. And we shouldn't have won that, that first Woodbury game. Um, we go to sections. 
again, I think we run like two sixty-three nothing games, two sixty-three nothing games. We knew it was all coming down to Woodbury. Um, we played the game should have been flipped. They should have beat us the first time. We should have beat them the second time. They had a fullback trap goal for forty-five yards. It thing, things just went wrong. They just did. Um, that is the worst defeat I've ever had in my entire life. Um, and I did not like man football for me. I love Friday nights. I love Todd field. I was miserable. It was the only time like where I think like when the, the bell rang, I'm like, I got to go to football practice. I hated it. I hated it. Um, but there's nothing like, and I remember there's something to football unless you're going to go play college that there's a finality to it. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're really never going to play football again. You're not pick, you're not playing. Like, you might do, you know what play I mean? Catch with your buddy in the backyard, but yeah, you're never putting on the pads and, and going to hit another no. guy here again. Yeah. And and I remember like heave sobbing, like heave sobbing on, on the, uh, the, the field. And that that's the worst loss I've ever had to this day in any level. It's the worst loss I've had. Um, Hockey started, I think we were ranked number one team in the state. Well, we, going into sections for football, we were the number one ranked team in the state. Um, and then hockey, going into the season, we were the number one ranked team in the state. Um, we had a couple hiccups. I left and had to go play um, in uh, with, with the, the team that I turned down, the U.S. national program. They asked Jeff and I if we could play um, – in the world championships, the under 18 world championships. If we wanted to do that, we had to play in a preliminary tournament with them. Um, Jeff got to do it in the fall. I think he went to Russia with them. Um, I couldn't do it because I was playing football, but they had another tournament over Christmas um, where I got to go to Lake Placid and play mm -hmm. in a world tournament. Um, and did that we lost a couple games there in the same Paul Saul St. Paul tournament. Um, things kind of like went a little sideways that senior year, and then we absolutely picked it back up. I mean, I think there was a game, I bet half the games Jeff and I didn't play the third period. I mean, I think we had a nine point game, each of us. Wow, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we, we were going to work, and then we ran through the sections. Um, and I'm guessing you've heard all the stories about you know the Blaine game. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the Elk River game with Travis Kiefer, you know, hometown hero. I don't know if you've ever heard that story, have you? I've, uh, we heard about the Blaine one, like I told you before. We I interviewed Adam Gerlach, and he uh, he talked about tying it up late. And then I think you scored – or you are down by one, correct? Uh, you know what? You just walked through the Blaine game. Oh, I, I, see, yeah, that, gonna... I don't want to talk. This is, like, this is where I get um, – see, the thing about – I don't know if it happens in other sports, but it's such a big deal to be in the state tournament. It's such a, such a big deal. And it's such a big deal to keep playing in the big arena, because if you lose that first game, you go to Mariucci um, to play in the, in the Gophers arena. And it was, and I, I mean, my memories of the state tournament, I, I think I missed, I don't know if I missed one from age four to 18, because my dad was always in it and they always lost in the first game and we had to go to, <laughs> and it was brutal. And, we lost the year before to the Luth East in the first game. It was like, we were up big, you know, Blaine was a team on the, on the, the come. And, um, we just kind of, we were down, I think six, five, and we blew a lead. And, um, I think with like under a minute left, uh, 
Joe Stewart gets a you know shot on net. The goalie doesn't handle the rebound as well as he probably should have. And I was able to flip a backhand over it. Um, the one thing I will kind of, and I see, I don't know if I romanticize this stuff or it actually happened. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think there is a video clip. If you watch is, is you see our bench and we just tied it. And I don't know why I would ever say this. That's why I, I sometimes think I, I romanticize it, but I say, no, we're winning it right now. We're, we're and I, there's some other words. And if you can see me mouthing it um, at the bench, and we get a draw in their zone, um, shot on net. They're carrying the puck out, which actually looks rather dangerous for us. And the guy just fumbles the puck a little bit. Jeff gets it just just to get it out. Like, let's just go to overtime. As for whatever, I got stuck on the boards coming out. So I was late getting out of their zone. And I'm curling back. And as Jeff's throwing it, it their defenseman, who's right there, it hits his stick and he kind of just does a little like stumble as I'm on it and got to the net and scored the goal. You know, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it was so pretty down sweet. by one with about a minute left, tied it up, boom, right away again, score. Yeah. State finals. Uh, not state finals. This is the first oh, game was, of the state tournament. Oh, that was the first game. Okay. Yeah. And then we had to play Paulie Martin and the boys at El- of Elk River. Um, they were a great team and they played us so well. Um, and Travis Keeper, the Travis Keeper, the sophomore, um, was able to get the winner, and he's he's kind of he. If you ever see us around Travis Keeper, he'll be called the hometown hero because hmm. he got on TV and he's a sophomore. He's he's 15 years old, right? And he's like, coach said, if whoever would score this be the hometown hero. I scored the goal. <laughs> I'm the hometown hero. <laughs> so it was so it was such a 15 year old thing to do, but yeah. Um, and then we ran up against Blaine, and I think I heard Vandy talking about it, like. We played the late game both nights, no excuses. Rozo was a great team. I think we outshot them 11-1 to 1 in the first period. I think I've never seen Jeff Tate stymied like that before in my entire life. Um, we had major chances, um, and then we just died, and we lost. We lost 4 nothing. Uh, it was a heartbreaker. I mean, it was absolutely a heartbreaker. It probably wasn't as big of a heartbreaker because I knew that I was moving on to play at least. Um but yeah, I always dreamt about winning the state championship. I mean, wh- what kid hasn't? Um, it was, yeah, it was tough. And I don't know if it was good or bad, but like, like we talked about, um, I think I had two days off of sports, like my senior year. Yeah. Like, it, like, I don't know. So we jumped right into it, honestly. And we never had, I mean, we were always super competitive. I mean, we were never like, oh, like we're just going to play baseball to play baseball. But never in our minds were we, like, going to make a run at anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, gosh, I, I don't even know. We I think we won the conference. And, boy, in hockey, I should say, I was – you asked about it. So, I'll say I was All-State, All-Metro. I was Lions Club Player of the Year. Uh, I was Co-Metro Player of the Year with Jeff Tafe. And then I was runner-up to Mr. Hockey to Jeff Tafe. Um, so, baseball season starts. And – and actually, uh, Vandy talks, I, I listened to your podcast just to see what this is all about. And um, a guy that helped Vandy get to Yavapai was really the person that turned me into a legit baseball player. And that's Dan Peltier. Um, I mean, my sophomore year, I was a, a leadoff hitter. I was fast. Like I got, you know, um, by the time Dan Peltier got a hold of me and a lot of us, to be honest, like we, we could we could swing the bat. 
I mean, I think I don't know how many home runs I had. I think eleven my senior year, and I think we had ten guys that hit home runs that year. Our starting first baseman didn't, and I love to say that's Matt Klein. Uh, but yeah, so we we were good, and then we played, we were still kind of had that imposter syndrome a little bit. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. and. Um, we go to play Creighton, and Creighton. I'm, I'm guessing everybody's talked about this, but they're a game away from breaking the national record with you know Joe Maurer behind the plate. And what changed? I remember Vanderbosch, our uh, our leadoff hitter, and the first pitch. He well, I shouldn't say he gets on base. I forget how he gets on base, but the first pitch, Bandy's gone. Um, steals second base on Joe Maurer, and like it's such a little thing, but it was like. We, we, we had enough of a swagger to us as athletes and what we've done that it's like, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. And we end up, gosh, I should tell the story about Jeff Tate. Um, so this Jeff's about as cool as he can get. He, there's like not much that wavers. So he was our closer, believe it or not. Um, Cause he could throw this little curveball, and we bring him into close. And I forget how many runs we were up, but Jeff's letting up some runs, hits a guy, walks a guy. And I mean, Jeff's an all-state shortstop, three years in a row. Jeff's has got about as good as hands as you can imagine. And there, are, there's nobody out. I think we're either up, we must be up two runs. Nobody out, bases loaded. And Jeff, Jeff had just hit the guy. To, to, <laughs> to and I'm the catcher, so and. I'm like, oh shit, we're gonna do this. We're gonna blow this. And I walk out to Jeff, and Jeff shrugs his shoulders and looks at me and goes, You have to believe this? <laughs> I wanted to murder him. I wanted to murder him. And the guy up to bat is their second hitter. He hits a one hopper that I, I'm no pitcher in the state of Minnesota that year could have caught. He catches it, throws it to me. We throw it to first, double play, walk Joe Maurer, ground ground ball to second base, game over. That's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Then they actually they had to they beat us to come back. So it was double a win then. Mm-hmm. Might still be. They beat us, and then we ten run them. Yep. And we got we went to the so we go to the state tournament, um, and we got rather lucky too. And that's what I that's what I say about high school sports. You have to you have to be good enough to get lucky. Um where I think we did, didn't get that in the other two sports, we definitely got it in baseball. So we, we played Mayo. Mayo was a great team. and But they probably, of the teams we could have played, probably had the least effective ace. So we didn't see somebody that was throwing 85, 95, right? Um, so we got to them, and they made a big play. Vanderbosch had a big day. Like, I think they tried to get them out, like – by by because if, if if the pitcher had to cover first base, Vandy was beating him there. And that started a big inning. Vanderbosch hit a home run. Um and we ended up escaping. And then we played Little Falls, believe it or not. And they had a guy, you can still remember his name, Mario Felipe, that could throw low nineties that was just gassing people. And we missed him. He pitched the first game. And we yeah. I think we win like seven three there. And the other semifinal was Maple Grove and um and Eden Prairie, and the pitcher for Maple Grove was C.J. Woodrow, who I still thinks, I still think holds records at the University of Minnesota for strikeouts and wins. 
And the other guy was Craig's, Craig Hartshorn, who went to San Diego State. We missed both of those guys. <laughs> so we didn't, have to, we didn't have to do that. And I remember there was a big play in the championship game um, that I've thrown so many of these away, so it does feel good, where I kind of block one to the right. Um, and I fake a throw down to second, and the guy pops down the base on third base, and I threw a dart to Benny Tharp um, to get us out of an inning. And that was a big one. And we win the state championship. And, man, I don't know if it was relief. Like, we just couldn't leave our high school career not winning a state championship, you know. Mm -hmm. And never in my wildest dreams did I think it would be a baseball. Yeah. Never. So there it is. Did I give you enough? Do you have any questions? I think that's it. That's the career right there. I like it. The next couple of questions for you, Danny, I know they're really similar, but uh, kind of – and we probably already named it, but – just think back on what you just said. And if there's anything else you want to add in, go for it. What do you think the most rewarding thing was being a high school athlete at Hastings? And what do you think your favorite moment was? And like I said, we are, we already might've named uh, both of them, but if you could come up with two different things for or one for each of them, that'd be great. So your most rewarding experience as a high school athlete in Hastings and your favorite moment. Uh, rewarding. Um, I can name one in each. I mean, baseball is easy winning the state championship. Um, mm -hmm. Hockey, it's probably the Blaine game where, you know, that's still played, you know, at the, and then um, football is, you're going to believe it or not, it's probably beating Stillwater at October 31st in the rain at Todd. That I think was the first time Hastings was a real player in the big school sports, to be honest, that, that I remember that very, very vividly. I mean, mm -hmm. the one I also remember losing to Woodbury, which that's probably the deepest ingrained memory, to be honest. For sure. So you played for a lot of legendary coaches as well. You've named a lot of them here with your dad, Bob Majeski, a lot of legendary baseball coaches as well. Pretty impossible question, but um, if you want to name anybody else in there too, as maybe the best coach you played for or someone that had a big impact on you, you can go for it. Or if you want to talk about those same guys again, you can go for it as well. Um, I mean, I'm going to have to go with my dad. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to remember, like, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably five years older than my sister. So I went to, and he coached at Salt St. Paul most of my youth career. But I went to every single one of those games. I lived and died with it. Like, I listened to the coaches talk about it. When I got older, I talked about it with them. He gave me access to things that I don't think many kids have access to. And I think, I mean, I love Bob Majeski. I love Doc Loudon. Um, my, I mean, my dad was a finalist for the universe, university of Minnesota Gophers assistant job. I mean, he, he was the right hand guy of Doug Woog who, you know, in all intents and purposes, a legend in this world. Um, and the way he, and again, I had access to him. So I, I saw his brain work a little bit. Um, and that doesn't mean we agreed. He kicked me off the ice once a year. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That's not a joke. Yeah. Um, and we battled. I think the first time I ever, you know, said an F word in front of him was an F you to him at a dinner table talking hockey. Like, mm -hmm. but I had, I had access and it's not probably fair to Doc Loudon and Bob because of that, if that makes sense. Um, the guys that I really remember, um, other than those, you know, the big ones, uh, God, they're all good. I hate to do this. Um, you know, Mr. Moore, Mr. Hartman, um, I was, uh, you know, I was on their scout teams. So I, I was a macho man. I was, you know, I was on, um, and, you know, 
even Pete Zach was fun for me because I, I don't know if he, he had to be pretty new to the town and he was our seventh grade football coach. And we played a six, one defense where I got to blitz whenever I wanted as a, the one linebacker. That was a blast. Um, I mean, Pete McGinnis was, I, 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 Marty, the whole football. Yeah. I can't do this. They're all, but for my sure. dad is probably the answer to that question. Gotcha. Next one, very similar. And you probably named the guys already, but if you could pick maybe the best teammate that you played with, and I always describe this in many ways. Uh, you could probably describe it in many ways too, but um, you played many sports, so you probably got a couple different people maybe at each sport um, that were maybe that best teammate or maybe it's just one guy. So who do you think that was for you? Um, Jeff Tate. I mean, without mm-hmm. question. Um, yeah, he. I mean, the best teammate um, in football is probably Charlie Black. Charlie Black's probably, other than Johnny Pohl, who is my captain at the University of Minnesota, or, probably the most natural leaders I've come across. Gotcha. You know, the next thing we talk about too is just your improvement process and how you continually improved throughout your high school career. But I think I want to take it maybe just in a different way. Uh, You talked about maybe that sophomore year or maybe somewhere around there with football, you guys just kind of got over the hump. You know, you you talked about just somehow, some way you got over that hump against Stillwater in the big schools and you kind of made a name for Hastings. What do you think it was about maybe the guys you played with, maybe you as an athlete, and then um, how do you guys think you got over that hump and really put Hastings on the map? Oh, number one, I think we were talented. Um, and number two, I credited a lot of it to Raiders Express. Um, Raiders Express, like I came about in a time where they made some really, really good decisions in all of sports um, around Hastings. So they started Raiders Express, which was huge, huge for football. They went to in-house squirts when I was a squirt. They started Little Raiders when I was – um, but we were good and we all worked, we did it, you know, we just did it. Like we were competitive. We like, we just needed the platform to do it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. For sure. So you graduate from high school, uh, walk us through the recruiting process where, were, or where were people looking at you? You were three sport, all state athletes. So I'm sure there's a lot of people looking at you from multiple different sports uh, so talk about us, once again, talk to us about the recruiting process, where you landed, and then let's run through your college career as well. Uh, not a lot. Like, I, obviously, hockey, um, I think, I don't know if I got one letter from every D1 school, but probably. Um, football, I might have got some D3 looks. Baseball, nothing. Believe it or not, I don't know if it was a thing where they thought they knew I was going to play hockey. I remember it was, is it Mary university? Is that in South Dakota? Uh, that's in, well, one of them is in Bismarck, North Dakota. Is that a division two school? Uh, yep. That was like the only one that like ever, like that was actually at the time felt more, um, fulfilling than like getting something from St. Cloud state for hockey, to be honest with you. Cause I, I just, I didn't get much. Mm-hmm. I didn't get much for any of it. Um, I started my recruitment process fairly early. Um, I very quickly narrowed it down to two places. Um, I did take a trip to North Dakota. Um, there was a, this is going to sound bad and the U was not happy about it, but um, Mark Chorney, who we knew, had, I mean, when I say private plane, I mean, like they have like a puddle jumper that we flew up to, to Grand Forks, Jeff, uh, Ben Tharp and I, and watched a game. Um, so we, we did go there. Um and really the only other team that was in the mix was uh, Michigan State. And I went out there. 
Um, the guy that coached my dad's last year, uh, Ron Mason, who's since now passed, um, that was going to be my coach. And what, what was crazy is like, so they, they do it in other sports, I'm sure, but you walk in and you like, they have a stall set up for you with your Jersey in it. Like your, all your gear, you know, 23 Welch, they do the whole works. It's great. You know, it's for a 17, 16 year old. Like, yeah, you can't get any cooler. Michigan state didn't have 23. They had eight, which is what my dad wore. No way. Yeah. Which really tugged at the strings. Um, and if my dad, if he, his dream was to play at the university of Minnesota, you know, um, he got an opportunity, he could have had an opportunity, but he, he wouldn't, he needed the, the full scholarship. Um, and him being so close to Doug Woog. I mean, I've known Doug since, you know, they've run, he's been part of our family, you know? Um, and so, and Doug didn't play easy with me. Um, but I knew they were going to offer a scholarship. Um, I was the first one they offered. Um, and I said, yes. And it was pretty simple. I, I did it before I went on an official visit. I went on an unofficial visit to both Michigan state and Minnesota, but my, it was just going to be there. And that was, is I, I just couldn't deny it. And you got to remember in my generation. So the North stars leave in what 93. So I would have been 12 years old. They don't come back till 2000. So if you think about when you build up your truly build up your fandom, I didn't have an NHL team. Mm -hmm. I had the Minnesota Gophers never in my, like, I didn't dream about being an NHL hockey player. Um, I dreamt about playing for the Gophers. And I knew, like, I mean, I would go up to Woog's camp and where I was a counselor and my dad was a like part owner and, you know, I'd meet those guys. It, it just, it was the easiest thing to do. Um, so I went there, um, played my freshman year and um, not a good season. We were not good. We were not, well, first of all, um, Doug Woog resigned before my freshman year and Don Lucia came in. So he, Don Lucia was there till, gosh, 2020 was his last year and Bob Moscow came in. Um, it was hard for me. I'm not going to say hard. I was dumb uh, academically. I Hockey was harder than I thought it was going to be. It was much more stressful than I thought it was going to be. Um, and if it was, can't, I always, I was I'm not going to say I was a good student ever, um, but I was smart and I got away with it, if that makes sense. And I didn't get away with it at the U. Um, so I was kicked out. I was suspended for, um, I think it was, I don't know what it was, for how long, um, but I got the opportunity. So this is kind of a crazy story. So I, I mean, my parents and I are battling on this. Like they just, like they think I'm doing drugs. They think I'm out partying. And really, what it came down to was like my life was so scheduled from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. that like when I got home, like I hadn't done anything that I wanted to do in a sense. You know what I mean? I was at classes. I was at practice. I was at lift. I was at um, study mandatory study hall, which nobody studied. Um, and I just wanted to be not even like a college kid out partying. It wasn't even like that. Like it's playing FIFA with my buddies. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, for all intents and purposes, I failed up. So um, at this point, 
I had been drafted by the Los Angeles Kings. Um, and I was going to go play what's called major juniors, which would be in Canada. Well, it actually wasn't in Canada, but the league is based in Canada. Um, and my, my, actually my roommate, my first semester was in Portland playing for the Portland Winterhawks in the Western hockey league. And my rights were with Kelowna, British Columbia. And I actually orchestrated a trade. <laughs> I swear to God. Um, cause I was going to go, I, I was going to go. My, like my parents and I had been through a major battle. It was rough on our relationship. Um, and I remember I was out at the world junior tryouts, um, for the second time. Um, and this is be- really before cell phones. And I sit down, um, or I call my dad and my dad's, my dad's trying like hell to get me to go back to college, my mom and dad. And he's like, he, you can go to you can go to the USHL, which I don't, I don't know if you've heard all these people talk about it now, but the USHL is kind of the stepping stone. So I would be taking a step back to get back to the U. And he's like, Omaha has your rights because I think Gerlach had to go to Dubuque, and Dubuque was a dump. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I wasn't going there. He's like, Omaha has your rights. Like, just you know, we talked to Mike Hastings, who's now the main Mankato coach. He was my coach there. Like, maybe one of the best coaches I've ever had in my life. Um, so I, we're literally in a cafeteria and I sit down next to Jeff, Jeff Tafe. He was out there with me and I, he's like, how's your dad doing? And I'm like, he wants me to go to Omaha now. And this is not a joke. Uh, Jake Fleming. I don't know if you know that name or, or Keith Ballard. Keith, they both played at the U. Keith played, Keith probably made $40 million in the NHL. They're both a year or two younger than me. And they go, we're going to Omaha next year. I go, What? He's like, because they were with the national program and they were a grade younger than their age. So they couldn't play in the big tournaments. So they, they say, yeah, we're going to Omaha next year. I literally got up, called my dad, so I'll go to Omaha. <laughs> he um, thought it was his there. idea still, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> played there a year. We had a monster year. Um, won the Clark Cup, won the national championship. So I must have been out. I had to be out of the University of Minnesota, I think, for two years something like that it was something crazy i don't remember um so that next year i literally went to school at normandale community college didn't play any hockey um i'd petitioned the university of minnesota to get in and they set up all sorts of parameters around like me coming back to school and i get back into school for the the season and that's, and I, God, I can't believe Lucia did it, to be honest with you. I mean, I got put right on the first line with Jeff Tafe and Grant Patolny, um, and we won a national championship. And uh, talk about a dream, the dream come true. You know what I mean? Like, there's no better feeling than that. And the way we did it with, you know, a big goal at the end to tie it, going overtime to win it, um, it was about as dream worthy as a kid could get. Um, go back the next year, um, having a good year. And one of the deals, me getting back, I had, I was actually, as I couldn't get below a C minus in class for, I think it was two or four semesters, um, communication theory. I got a D D plus or a, no, I think it was a D I'm not going to say D plus that would be, but I got a D in it. Um, I was eligible to be play hockey in NCAA and I was kicked out of school. 
So I could have, I could have literally that semester went to St. Cloud, North Dakota. And, um, I would have, if I would have, if I would have not gotten a D and who knows if they would have won, but the Gophers did win another national championship. Um, but it, honestly, like it's been such a battle. It had been such a grind to make this all work. Um, thank God I have my masters now, but, um, <laughs> I, I said, we're done. We're going, I'm going pro. And, um, Literally, like that, I remember we were going to play St. Cloud State. I was doing a pregame dinner. Mike Gensel came up and said, Danny, we got to talk. I was done right then and there. I got on the phone with an agent. They called LA. They're like, We want you out to Manchester, New Hampshire in, uh, in um, two days. And I was out. I was a professional in the American Hockey League, a step below the NHL, two days later. So that's college. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's awesome. So you you enter the HL with the LA Kings, um, and then I guess we here we are today. You know, so let's just fill us uh, fill us in from that point uh, to where we are today, and everything that kind of goes in between it. Um. So I, th- I think I was really lucky to be in the AHL for three years. Honestly, um, I was an energy player, a, like a grinder, uh, a rat in some instances. Um, Bruce Boudreau, who a lot of people might know, was my coach there for all three years. Um, he kept me there for a long time. Um, he liked me. Um, my last year there was the lockout. Um, I remember, so my first year, they just gave me a number. They gave me 29, right? Um, cause I come in mid season. Um, the next year I actually get to wear 23, which is my number. And I remember going into the lockout. This is where I knew like, okay, I know my place in this world. Um, my equipment manager calls me like, Hey, Danny, you're not going to be able to wear number 23. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, Dustin Brown, who's now the captain of the Kings. <laughs> um, and it was like a rookie first rounder said, yeah, he's going to wear 23. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'll wear 29. He's like, yeah, that's not going to work either. Tom Kostopoulos, who we just traded for from Montreal, is coming over and he's going to be wearing 29. <laughs> so, um, but what happened that year is it was the first year I got sent down. I got sent down to the East Coast League. And I remember it was kind of crazy. Like I, I really was not in a position to score. Like I did not, it was not part of my, it wasn't going to be how I made it to the NHL. I'll say it that way. And um, the coach says, Hey, we're having trouble scoring. And I'm like, okay. He's like, we need you to score. And I'm like, I literally looked at him and said, I don't know if I can do that. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, I, I, I don't know. And he goes, you can do whatever you want on the ice. I don't care what you do. Literally, my first shift, draw in their zone, off the pad, I score. I think I had, like, 15 points in nine games. Um, I got called back up. But um, it kind of set the stage for me to be like, okay, I made my run at the NHL. You know, no one screwed me. It was never bad luck. Um, It just wasn't going to work out. Um, And so... I decided to go to Europe. I went to England, which is now the league. I played in the league Foxy was playing in or coaching in now. Um, I was his would have been his rival. And what's crazy is that's a different world, man. You're playing in Europe hockey. You're a mercenary. And I think when you when Aaron talked about it, like you better score. I remember. So I played in Nottingham, England, which is one of their big clubs in England. And I think in the first seven games, I had a goal and five assists. And I could not score. I could not score for the life of me. And they cut me. 
seven games in, they cut me, and I'm like, my career is done. Like, like this isn't. I mean, England isn't a big European league. You know, you're not making. It's not like KHL where like, okay, you still have a place to go. <laughs> um, and lucky enough, um, Coventry, a team there, picked me up. I think the first two games I get zero points, and then I think I rattled off like 35 goals in 25 games. And it revived my career. I had a great time in England. A lot of fun. Um, I had a good center there. We both went to Morzine, France the following year, which if I was smart enough, I would have just stayed there for my life. Because <laughs> we, were, we were literally in the French Alps. We were just north of uh, Grenoble by Chamonix. Um, we played 24 games a year. Got paid well. Um, we had a really good year. Um, and uh, we won the league and then lost in the, in the finals. Um, had a monster year that year, my center and I. Um, he ends up getting a job in Norway. I end up going to Switzerland in the Swiss B. Um, that was a, a very trying time. And um, I end up going back to the coast to play a season. And I had a big year there um, in Texas, in Beaumont, Texas. And then from there, they, they recruited a bunch of our guys for the next year to go to um, Amsterdam. To play, not Amsterdam, I'm sorry, Copenhagen, to play in the in the Danish league. And I was living in the city center of Copenhagen. It was awesome. We had a decent team. I was putting up decent numbers. With three months left in the season, uh, our team went bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what's great, Denmark being a highly socialist uh, country, is if your company goes bankrupt, they pay three months of your salary. That's all I had left on my salary. So I got my full money, and I remember calling Adam Welch, who was in Boise, Idaho, and saying, hey, do you guys need a player? Mm -hmm. And he's like, are you serious? I go, yeah. And he's like, well, let me talk to my coach. And coach is like, well, okay, what do you want? And I go, whatever you think's fair. I literally didn't know how much I was making until I got there. I'd already made my money. The next year, I went to a different league in Dallas. And I did not like the coach. And there was a guy um, that I knew very well that was the head coach in Edinburgh, um, Scotland, in the, in the British League. And I'm like, like, Dougie, I need out. Um, and he's like, all right, I got you. So I, I went up to Edinburgh, Scotland, where we, we did not have a good team. Um, but we, because they just never had any money. But we broke the record for how many wins they'd have in a season. Um, had, you know, I thought this was kind of my final run, to be honest with you. Um and then the next year came, I was going to finish my school, um, get it all done. And Dougie said, I can get your school done in Belfast, Ireland, which is one of the bigger teams in the league. He just got the job there. Um, do you want to do it? And I, I made basically zero dollars and got my degree. And that was 30 years old. And I was done playing hockey. For sure. Yeah. Once again, we talked about it in the rapid fire questions. You are married. Uh, you do have children. Uh, nope. Walk us through from, you know, age 30, uh, meeting your wife, child, uh, any job. And then, like I said, kind of catch us up to where we are today. Yeah, I kind of had a tough time. Not a tough time, but I, I needed to find my place. Um, I randomly, my brother's in insurance. Um, and so he knew somebody that he got me a job with a company called Colonial Life, which sucked. Um, but I had enough insurance experience where I had like a pseudo relative 
that was involved in very high level casualty insurance um, for a company called CRC in Chicago. And he took a chance on me to come down there. Um, so I went to Chicago, um, really didn't think that I knew anybody um, doing this. I mean, we were doing like, I remember my first day on the job or my first week on the job, one of our clients was AMC theaters and we had the, the claim for the Batman shooting. Um, so it was diving headfirst into commercial insurance. And then um, I didn't love my role, but I stayed in the company. I went and worked at like uh, a carrier as like the marketing person that would go out and talk to insurance companies. Um, met my wife through a mutual friend. We actually ended up marrying sisters. He's from Rochester, a hockey guy. We married two Chicago girls, um, both soccer players, both played division one soccer. Um, and we moved back to Minnesota. I, I, I had a job the whole time. I mean, I was in, in commercial insurance, uh, account executive working on accounts for brokerages until I got a chance to recruit for a third party recruiter, um, recruiting just insurance people. Um, and what happened was I kind of made my name and now I, I'm, I recruit salespeople for, um, the top insurance brokerage in the world called Marsh, Marsh McClendon company. So I'm, I'm reaching out to salespeople in New York city, Philadelphia, and Boston on a daily basis, trying to have conversations with them, trying to get them to come across the line. Perfect. Yeah. Danny, we only got a couple more questions for you just yeah. to kind of wrap things up here. We always look for advice for our coaches, parents, and student athletes with the last thing that we do. So uh, first one, let's take parents and coaches. If you can think about all your experiences here in youth sports, high school, uh, college, pros, all those kind of things, and give parents and coaches a couple pieces of advice, what, what do you think it would be and why? I think a big one, and I've had this in my head, because becoming a parent, as you probably know, it, you don't, you never know how you are going to react. You can sit here and say like that parents, this, that parents, that, but until you're in that position, um, I don't think anybody can know, or even if you're saying, this is how I would act if I was a coach, mm -hmm. I wouldn't get mad. You know, I don't think you can do that until you're in that position. I think it's unfair to everybody. Um, what I would ask more is what are your goals? If I was a parent to my kid, what is it? What are your goals? Not what your dreams are. What are, what is your immediate goals? And I, like, do you want to make the A team? Do you want to get better? Do you, and like, I hate to say, be realistic about it, I, but this isn't a, 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 what's your dream talk. Mm -hmm. This is a, what's your goal. Okay. So is it your goal to play sports, to be around your friends? Is it to be on the A team? Is it to play college sports? Is it to play professional and like act accordingly, <laughs> you know, and, as a parent, if my kid says, and I think he actually has the talent or she has the talent to be a division one athlete, if you tell me that I'm going to kind of hold your feet to those goals. But on the flip side, if he, if she says, I just like to be around my friends, like I have to hold myself to that as well. And I think we all get enticed with the next step and the next thing that do we know why they're in this, you know, and trying to figure that out. I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for, but I don't know if I'll push my kids really hard. I don't know if I'll back off a lot. I don't know if I'll, you know, I think my parents had handled me really well, but that's a different generation, a different time. And I can't sit here and say that I would do it the exact same. And I think it's disingenuous for anybody else to say that as well. No, for sure. I think I get what you're saying where 
you know you got to be realistic with the goals of your your child here where if they're if they say hey i just want to have some fun and be with my friends and you can't get mad about the wins or the losses you know they yeah say, hey i want to i want to be at the next level then hey here's the standard and here's what we need to do and just like you talked about um you you were surrounded by coaches and other teammates that really brought you to the next level and maybe right thing right place right time with some things like raiders express where you guys were lifting and training and doing those kind of things and getting brought up on better teams so um, I think what you're saying, like I said, is is being realistic about your goals. And if you want to be to the next level, then you got to kind of train at that level. Um, but if you're there to, like I said, just kind of run around, have some fun, meet some friends, then uh, at the end of the day, if you accomplish that, then then you were successful too. And, and I, I think parents have trouble asking that question because mm-hmm. it, it's, it's tough for them too, especially in like hockey where they're spending so much money is like they're looking at a, for a return on investment. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And they say they want to do it, but like, yeah, I don't know. I, I have trouble answering that question just because I think it's, it's so nuanced and there isn't a right answer. There isn't a right for every kid. Every kid is different. That's why I say like, really, what do they want to do? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think you, I think you also said a, another piece of it as well, way earlier in here when, when you were a freshman and you could have got brought up to the varsity level, uh, but your dad and uh, Chuck Tafe as well had the great conversation of keeping you at that level to have fun with your friends, to be successful with your friends. So they could easily push you up to that next level uh, if you're ready or not, you know, um, but they really recognized where you were at developmentally and, and recognized that and, and saw the future instead of uh, maybe results right now too. So, yeah, I mean, it goes the same way with my dad with, you know, saying you're not going to the national program, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and for me, like having the experience I had, if you said, okay, let's, let's say I had a five-year career in the NHL or I had the experiences I had in Hastings with my friends, I still, I mean, it's going to sound crazy, but I still kind of take what I have. I mean, those are my best friends and they would not mm-hmm. be my best friends if I did that today. For sure. Now, one of the last questions then too, same kind of thing now for student athletes. So you were once that kid in high school and once that kid in you know, grade school and elementary school, kind of looking up to those high school athletes. If you had to look back and give kids two pieces of advice or just a couple pieces of advice from your experience, what would it be and why? Be first in line and listen. Just show, like, if you're, if you want to impress a coach, if you want to, like, be proactive about it. Just be Mm -hmm. proactive, man. Like, you're not the God, you're not God's gift. Like not everyone loves you, you you know, not every coach is your parent where they think you can do no wrong, but show up beyond time. Like it's just stuff like that. Like, I guess, you know what? The one thing I will say that I always said to younger players when I turned pro is be a player that the coach can trust. You might not be a superstar. You don't have to be a superstar for that. They just know exactly what they're going to give you when you're on the field, when you're on the rink. You might not be the guy that's going to go coast to coast and score. You might not be the guy in wrestling that's going to, you know, tech a guy. But, like, we, we need somebody to not lose, get teched. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I know what you're going to do. If I can trust you, I can use you. That's a lot of things I just said. I apologize. No, uh, <laughs> no. as a coach, you brought it up. But as a wrestling coach, we talk about that all the time is what does the team need from you? And I think that's exactly what you're saying. So you wrestle a stud out there. And sometimes getting teched versus a pin is a is a, right. a dual meet win for your team. So 
it doesn't yep. always look pretty where you're just kind of fighting the whole time and you're fighting off your back the whole time against the stud. Uh, but when you walk away and uh, it's just a tag versus that pin and your team wins by one point, uh, then once again, you're the, the hometown right. hero right there, right? Yep. So <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I really think that's a big thing is just trusting that person to do what you need him to do. For sure. Last thing then, Danny, is we always turn the microphone over to our guest. Uh, is there anything else you want to add in? Anything else to get off your chest? Uh, any other shout outs you want to give? Like I said, this last couple of minutes is always time for you. Um, what I will say, and I've talked about the coaches, but the career I've had, um, especially at Hastings, was was good. It was it was successful. Um, what I could say is, you could make an argument that I wasn't the first or second best player on every team I played on. I was surrounded by such good athletes guys that wanted to be there um, that like the Jeff tapes, the Ben Thars, Dustin Bolozangs, the Ben Utex, Adam Gerlach, Matt Vanderbosch, Matt Klein, um, Corey McKenzie, Mark Jones, Dave Sherry, Mark Johnson, Charlie Black. Like I got a lot of individual awards and I'm missing 40 other people that I played with. I got a lot of individual awards um, off the backs of those guys and good teams. And that's what you really comes down to. Like, was I, should I have been first team all state over Joe Maurer? Probably not, but our team won the state championship. I, mm -hmm. I became a first team all stater because of my team, not the other way around, you know, um, that's a big deal. The people I played with, they were, they were very, very, very good. Um, Jake Majeski, um, I can go. To, I can just go up and down the list of like guys that were really, really, really good that would have been stars, absolute stars, but wasn't for some of our other players. You know what I mean? For sure. So I recognize that, and I want to give those guys the shout outs and the the that. And the basis of it is teams create all staters. All staters don't create state champions. So awesome. Thank you, Danny.